Good morning. Man, what a service. So in scripture reading today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I just wanted to say, uh, these days are special, not just to my family, but to me as well. My I have family who are service members, but also the best man in my wedding is a former Marine. Um, And I remember the first day he called me to tell me he was being shipped out. And I cried with him on the phone. So uh, he made it back, uh, you know, scarred as anybody. But uh, he's a fantastic, fantastic Christian man. And I I don't know where my life would be without him. In so many facets. So this is a very special day for me as well. Uh, a few other announcements coming. Uh, youth group meeting tonight at 6.30. It'll be great to have you. This Saturday is our movie night. That is 5 to 8 on Saturday. Don't eat before you come because we're going to feed you. So uh, that being said, it is also dinner week for the young adults. So on Tuesday, young adults will be meeting here at 6 o'clock and we're going to be having our monthly dinner. Uh, so if you haven't come to uh, young adults yet, this is a great time to come because you're going to be fed. Uh, it'll be a great time. Um, also, I want to make, sh- make sure I mention Camp Orchard Hill. Uh, the end of this month, we're, we want uh, anybody who's going, we want you to be registered by the end of this month. Uh, payment will be later. Now you just register. Make sure you, you get your spot to be able to go to Camp Orchard Hill both uh, senior, senior high and junior high will be going. If you don't have one of our flyers that tells you how to register, come talk to me uh, or talk to one of the, uh, the youth leaders and we'll make sure you get that because it is a, a new way of doing it this year. So we want to make sure you get it done. Uh, it's not too confusing for you. Uh, please come talk to me if you need to. Uh, that also being said, we are asking the church, any, anyone who wants to help send our youth to camp, you can do so monetarily. Um, if you would just put youth group on your check or on your envelope and put it in our regular offering, that is going to go straight to making sure we can send uh, our youth to camp without a big financial burden for anybody. Uh, so please take care of that. If you have any more questions, please come talk to me. Uh, for our scripture reading, like we said, we are in Luke chapter 19. Luke 19. We're going to start in the first verse and go to verse 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. You've given us this beautiful weather this whole week. 
Lord, we thank you for watching over us. We thank you uh, for being our guide in turbulent times. Lord, we we ask that you would bless the rest of this service, bless Pastor Doug and his uh, preparation that he's done uh, for this message, Lord. Lord, I ask that these words be your words and that they touch the hearts of those who would hear them. Lord, we pray for everyone sitting in this uh, this room, in this church, at home, on uh, watching online, sir, uh, I pray that you would just bless their hearts today. Lord, you would be with them this week, bring them comfort, bring them joy. And Lord, I ask that you would just uh, bless this whole church today, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. My wife and I and our family, when we moved to this region, one day we were traveling on 147, coming out of Halifax towards Millersburg. And as we were traveling that route, I noticed that there were a line of trees. Trees that I wasn't familiar to see because I never saw them in New York State. And so I did some historical, at least some background into what are those trees and what are they about? Did someone just happen to plant all of them or how did they come about? I came to find out later that they're sycamore trees. And each one of the trees that were planted was placed there in memory of a soldier that had lost their lives in World War II. The trees are still there. They are a still a symbol, and as I was sharing that this morning in our prayer time, and even Bill made mention of, Bill Troutman made mention of the fact that some of the trees have marks on them because there are individuals who want those trees to be taken down because they're, they're a hazard, they say. I think the simple lesson of a tree is this, that tree is there to remind us to remind us of someone or some an event of history that we, we dare not soon forget. I don't know if that was Zacchaeus' thought in, Matthew, or in Luke chapter 19, but we do know that he climbed one of those sycamore trees. What's interesting about a sycamore tree, specifically in the Middle East, is this. It, it can bear figs. And in fact, it can, if it's a great year, it can replenish itself and bear six times during the growing season, figs. What's also interesting about a sycamore tree in the Hebrew culture is that it symbolizes regeneration. Regeneration is the restoring, if you will, of a, of a dead life into something that now is fruit-bearing and alive. With that information, it's interesting that the verse in Luke chapter 19 begins by telling us where Jesus was. He's going through Jericho. He is on his way to Jerusalem. And if you go back and you trace the steps of the previous chapters in the book of Luke, 
you'll come to a portion of where Jesus said, I must now go to Jerusalem to die. He's on his way. But along the way, though, he stops and does many miraculous things. So great those things must have been that as Jesus is going through Jericho, the text tells us that a crowd came about. How do we know there was a crowd there? It's because the text tells us that Zacchaeus was vertically challenged. He was short. He, he couldn't get through the crowd. And if you like me, I, I enjoy watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades. I, I like watching the Rose Bowl parades. I, maybe it's because I used to be in a marching band, and, and, and we were pretty good. We marched in a lot of parades. But unfortunately, this year, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade is not going to happen. But in years past, I remember seeing children sitting on top of the, soul, of the shoulders of their parents just so that they could see. Zacchaeus didn't have any parents that day, but he did have a sycamore tree. What's interesting about that is the fact that Zacchaeus, we are told, is very rich. And he didn't get his monetary gain by what we would say scrupulous practices. He was a tax collector for dreaded Rome. He worked for the Roman IRS. And all of you right now are going, oh yeah, I get it, I get it. It worked this way that During the time of Zacchaeus' life, when he became a chief tax collector, not just a tax collector, he was the chief one. In other words, he was in charge of a large region of land that everybody had to come see him. In the Roman Empire at that time, maybe they would have said 25% of your income goes to taxes. Must have been Democrats. I'm sorry, I just had to get that in there. I'm sorry. But maybe, but Zacchaeus went a little extra. Instead of 25%, Zacchaeus would charge people 35%. And he would keep the 10% for himself, as long as he satisfied the books of Rome, they never knew. He was getting double pay, by the way. He was double dipping because he was getting paid by the Romans and he was also stealing money that was not his. He was rich. But another thing about his life is that he was despised. Just like today, nobody likes to see that envelope come in the mail with a return address says IRS. No one likes that. But in Zacchaeus' position, not only was he working for the enemy, but he was also a Jewish individual. And he was not liked. 
And I just can imagine as Jesus is coming through and his disciples are following him or surrounding him, this is shortly after Jesus allows children to climb on him and clamor him and, and touch his beard and, and, and get a smell of heaven. And, and the disciples are saying to Jesus, get, get the children off of him. He's the king. And yet Jesus said, oh, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus leaves that, and he's coming through Jericho, and he's followed with his entourage. And then the people are lining the street to get another glimpse of this miracle worker. They've heard of how Jesus healed people, how he raised people, how he fed people. Jesus was the number one show in town. And people wanted to make sure that they were there to see it. Zacchaeus tried to get through, but you can imagine the flying of elbows and knees, making sure that Zacchaeus was not allowed a prominent place up front. The text tells us that Zacchaeus did something. And it was before he climbed the tree. It says, Zacchaeus ran ahead. He left the group of people, separated himself from them in order that he could get a sight of Jesus. Now, when you're the chief tax collector, you don't normally climb trees. You have a stigma. You have a name to uphold. You're not allowed to coerce with other people. You had a position that you had to hold for respect. But Zacchaeus didn't care. This day was different. The question is, what made this day different for Zacchaeus? I've entitled the message, A Lesson from a Tree. I thought that was a whole lot better than the question, are you hungry? In our study of Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones, where God gives instructions to Ezekiel to speak over the bones. And they began, as, as he's commanding the voice of the Lord over these bones, he hears sounds and the bones are connecting to each other. And he recognizes the fact that not only are the bones connected, but sinews have come, muscles have come, flesh have come, and they created this great mighty army, but something was still not happening. They weren't moving. And then God said to him, call forth the wind from the four corners of the earth and have my spirit come. 
and fill them with life. And it wasn't until then that this army literally came to life. The question that always arises when we do a series like this is, how do we get from being a valley of dry bones to being alive? Well, according to the passage, sometimes you have to climb a sycamore tree. You see, what made Zacchaeus different from everybody else is the fact that he was hungry. He wasn't satisfied by saying, well, maybe tomorrow I can catch, you know, get a glimpse of it. Maybe sometime in the future I'll, I'll catch up here. No, he was not satisfied until his hunger was quenched. And he did only that which he could do. He climbed a tree in order to see Jesus. I'm glad that periodically God puts in our path sycamore trees that we have to climb. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I mean, let's face it. Have you ever seen a vertically challenged person climb a tree? It's not easy. It's not easy when you've got two artificial hips either. It just don't work. Sometimes the sycamore trees are there for twofold purpose. First of all, are you really hungry to climb it? And do you really want to know what it's like to be able to see? Zacchaeus climbed the sycamore tree. Now, before we get too far, I I want to at least set forth a thought, uh, basically a biblical truth, that just because you climb a tree, that does not necessarily mean you are awarded the kingdom of heaven. Zacchaeus didn't climb the tree in order to get to heaven. He met the one who could take him there. Sometimes sycamore trees take us to heights that God wants us to see about him because he's got a journey for us yet to have. November the 3rd, may very well be a sycamore tree for the church. It hasn't seemed to pan out the way we want it to. But let me give you a little bit of an insight. Righteousness is not a product of the halls of heaven, or halls of the White House. Righteousness only comes through the King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. November the 2nd, God was in control. November the 3rd, God is in control. 
November the 4th, God is still in control. And November the 8th, God is still in control. And you ought to say amen. Oh, we may have to climb a sycamore tree, but God's got something for us. And what he has for us is significant in the sycamore tree and the fact that it is there that we understand what being new is all about. For Jesus, as he comes by that tree, he looks up, and I know you're all singing that little kid song in your mind. I, I know what you're doing. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was... You you all got that, right? If you learn anything, it's in the key of C. The song. Okay. But Jesus comes by. And he does something that nobody in that crowd thought he would ever do. He looked up. And he saw this one named Zacchaeus. And then he turned around and invited himself to this man's house. I don't, know if I, could, I don't know if I could show up on Sunday afternoon after church. We're here for supper. What do you got? I think I could do that. My, my wife and I, we wouldn't mind you doing that to us. Because our answer is going to be nothing. No. Fred Phillips once told me, bless his heart, if I'm going to lose weight, I have to fire the cook. (laughs) But Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down here because I'm going to your house to spend some time with you. That's not a new thing, by the way. No, those exact same words aren't totally used throughout Scripture, but the intent is still the same. Jesus sees us, and he says to us, I want to spend some time with you. John writes concerning a church at Laodicea, And he describes Jesus this way, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. An individual who grew up on the streets of New York had a great way of putting it. Jesus says, What's up? What's up? And with Zacchaeus, he came down. And he went home to be with Jesus. Zacchaeus wasn't very liked because I said that earlier, but the text tells us that everybody murmured. It said all murmured and said, 
<laughs> that Jesus. Why would he go to the house of a sinner? Doesn't even know who he is, what he's done. If Jesus was really on top of things, he wouldn't have gone there. But I'm here to tell you this morning, dear people, I'm glad Jesus shows up at the house of sinners. Because that's me and that's you. Jesus comes and meets us where we are in order to take us to where he wants us to go. I don't know what kind of sermon Jesus said. I, I doubt he took out the King James Version and turned to the book of Romans and went through the, the four spiritual laws. I, I don't know if he did that or not, but all I do know is what it's recorded that Zacchaeus did. First of all, he called him Lord. That's an endearing term that means master of my life. It means controller of all that I am. He is the embodiment, if I can use this illustration, he is the embodiment of the meaning of the sycamore tree. He takes that which is dead and makes it alive. Regeneration. It so impacted Zacchaeus that he made an unbelievable statement. Lord, I'm, I'm going to give half of my wealth back. And if I have defrauded individuals I will restore back to them four times greater than what I took from them. I know what you're all thinking. Oh, if the IRS would do that. <laughs> but here, people, I'm going to tell you something. The IRS could do that but I'd rather focus on what is yet to come. The riches there aren't just four times greater than what we deserve. They are eternally greater than what we deserve. And Zacchaeus knew it. Zacchaeus found something that day that the others forsook. Because notice in verse 10, the mission of Jesus. He says, I've come to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus is in the business. It's his mission to save sinners. Of whom the Apostle Paul even says, of whom I am the chief of all sinners. We can put our names in that same category. Jesus came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. You see, the crowd was full of sinners. 
That's what the scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The difference was with the crowd, is they were to see what Jesus would do. While Zacchaeus wanted to have what Jesus can give. It's a huge difference. We have people lined up in the streets for the parade known as life. And they're looking for what it is that God can do for them. These people here knew that they heard about Jesus. And they may have been even looking for another little boy that's got a lunch. And say, give it to Jesus so we can all have a meal. Don't be so stingy. Anybody here sick? Jump out there. We want to see Jesus do the stuff. But Zacchaeus was more interested in what Jesus had. And that's life. He was hungry. He was spiritually hungry for the meal that will never run dry. My question for you this morning is this. How hungry are you? I'm not talking about a, a quick fix to McDonald's. Too often we as believer people like to snack on Jesus. We'll, we'll, we'll snack a little bit on a, on a verse for the day. We'll, we'll snack a little bit on, well, I'll come to church once in a while. We'll snack a little bit on Jesus because, boy, we really need to have this taken care of. And when it's taken care of, we'll be okay again. We'll satisfy ourselves. We like to snack on Jesus instead of sitting at his feet and feasting on what he has. Zacchaeus wasn't looking for a snack. He was that hungry that he was willing to have everything that he had put under the control of God. Do you know what turns dry bones to dancing? Is that they become hungry. Hungry for God. And a passion that nothing of this world can satisfy. There's not a happy meal that can produce holiness. There's nothing that you can have your way in order to make God's way. There's nothing that you can run on from Duncan that can keep you running for Jesus. It's because Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. And I'm sure glad he did. Are you hungry yet?
Are you hungry for what God has? We have no idea what is going to transpire from August or, or November the 3rd. We have no idea yet. But this one thing I know. If you're hungry for God, he'll make something of you that even a sycamore tree can't hold. Will you run after him? That's the key. And all be surprised of how well your dry bones will dance. Just like those Marines. They couldn't sing a lick. They were four keys low. But I tell you what they did have. Is they had a fire. For what God would do. And what God can do. Sometimes we'll have to climb a tree. But there'll be a great lesson there. Let's pray. Our great God, I don't know if I've ever been in a time of history whereby we see the events that have transpired. We're like those people who are clamoring on the side of the streets waiting for you to do something. And yet maybe you want us to climb a tree that we can see something. We need to behold you. When all the rest of the world is grumbling, Lord, may we climb a sycamore tree to be changed. To release control of ourselves in order that you would control everything. And may our lives be like those that we have seen as they sang a song, Behold, He comes, riding on a cloud. That great one day, the trumpet's going to blow, and we're going to shout, Hoorah! for our great King, and in whose name we pray. Amen.